0: Hello everyone and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, January 18th, 2019. Before we begin this week, a slight programming note. Since the launch of the Rundown Wrestling Network online at rundownwrestling.com and the relaunch of NXT Revisited as both Revisited and Revisited Classic and this week's move of 205 Live back to Tuesday nights, which I honestly prefer, we all decided as a group that the best thing to do to avoid any redundant coverage is to have this show just cover the main roster, Raw, SmackDown, and any special events. Speaking of special events, I did a Patreon-exclusive bonus episode for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, and going forward, any TakeOver events, like the upcoming NXT TakeOver Phoenix, will be covered as Patreon exclusives. If you want to hear my take on NXT TakeOver Phoenix and beyond, you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month over at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. With all of that out of the way, let's get to the week that was. It is Monday night, raw, and since there's less subject matter that I'll be covering on a weekly basis, allow me to go a little more in-depth with the recapping than before. We open with a limo. Vince gets out of this limo and immediately makes his driver buff the right rear quarter panel. What a fuckwad. Enter Braun Strowman. He says he's all healed up and ready to go for the rumble, and that there's no one who can save Lesnar. This brings out Baron Corbin. Great. Ew. Different shaking things up, Baron talks shit, gets chased out of the arena by Braun, whatever Braun loses him, asks the sing brothers where he went, they point in opposite directions because comedy, so he beats one of them up, and then there's Elias all of a sudden. Elias is playing the role of the bard this evening, singing the story of what we just saw. Braun reappears, Elias tells him that Corbin is in the limo. <sighs> I assume that this is uh, supposed to be Vince's limo from moments ago, but the dude that Braun pulls out of the driver's seat is definitely not, and quite obviously not, the same old guy that Vince just made buff the quarter panel. Braun tears the rear driver's side door off, and then Vince appears. He's leaving already? It's been ten minutes. Vince is pissed, and we go to break. When we come back, Vince is try- sorry. Braun is trying to put the door back on Vince's limo. Vince finds him $100,000. Braun argues about this, so Vince takes away his title match at the Rumble. So Braun flips the limo. Match number one, Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks versus the Samoan Twat team. Two opponents at the Rumble are teaming up with each other tonight. How new and different. After the break, Braun gets let out by security as Corbin looks on smirking, and then the bell rings. What is this, Nitro? Sasha goes for a tornado arm drag, but Naya blocks it, which is probably for the best. Because if that uh, hurricane, hurricane Rana off the apron last week was any indication, Naya probably would have landed on top of her and broken her collarbone or something. Rhonda gets tagged in, and Naya sells her strikes like shit. I think this match is sponsored by that shitty movie Glass? I can't tell. Maybe if they mention it six more times, they'll figure it out. Sasha makes Tamina tap to the bank's statement grade. See Between Nia's shittiness, Tamina's shittiness, and three or four different mentions of the movie Glass, this match was just not that enjoyable for me. Charlie asks them about trusting each other as partners when they're fighting at the Rumble. Rhonda continues to lick Sasha's twat, saying it'll be a great accomplishment to beat her at the Rumble. This makes Sasha unhappy, and she promises to beat Rhonda at the Rumble. This isn't great either. Sasha should have called her a bitch. Like last week. You know. Backstage, there's a line outside of Mr. McMahon's office. I thought he was leaving. Lawler exits the office. This is apparently exciting. Then No Way Jose parades past. That... That happened. Back from break, and this is still happening. Bailey and Natty break it up. Then Natty and Bailey begin to argue. Hashtag bitches be crazy. Enter the Riot Squad to make fun of them for being crazy. They challenge Bailey and Natty to a six-woman tag later if they can find a partner. Natty accepts. Bailey doesn't look happy about it. Okay. Match number two, Lucha House Party versus The Revival. Fuck, again? Apparently this match is happening because of how poor the Lucha House Party were as lumberjacks last week. Kalisto and Metalik are your LHP representatives tonight. EC3 finally appears backstage without saying anything. Apparently these people are lining up at Vince's door to claim bronze title shot at the Rumble. We go back to the ring in the middle of Heath Slater's sentence. That went on far far too long, especially for something that's happening in the middle of a match. Negative points. Dawson pins metalique Wilder pushes metalique's foot off the rope. Grade B. I'd be able to better grade it if they actually showed us the whole thing and didn't relegate it to a lower corner of the screen while we talk to people backstage who have no chance of being named as, uh, as Strowman's replacement at the Rumble. Then we go to Dasha again. McMahon comes out of his office and Dasha just says, excuse me, Mr. McMahon, and sticks her microphone in his face. She is a terrible interviewer. Vince says he's heading to the ring and we go to break. Enter McMahon when we return. He is immediately interrupted by John Cena. Please, no. Well, no, actually. If Brock's just going to win anyways, then sure, throw Cena in there at the Rumble. Why not? Drew McIntyre appears to protest Cena, demanding to be put in the match. Fuck, here's Baron Corbin again, and this brings out Finn Balor. I don't want Balor to get a shot at the Rumble, and I don't want Drew to get the shot at the Rumble because I want them not to lose to Brock. Either of them can get a shot at Mania and Brock is actually going to lose the belt, but not at the Rumble. Cena and Corbin can fight for the shot at the Rumble. Vince then straight up makes fun of Balor for being the smallest guy in the ring. Balor attacks Baron, Drew attacks Cena, and I bet we've got ourselves a tag team match player. Or, I guess, a fatal four-way contenders match later tonight. That works too, I suppose. Backstage, Jinder Mahal accosts McMahon as a light blinks somewhere off screen. Jinder is upset that he didn't get a shot at the Rumble. McMahon tells him to pick one of the four, and if he wins, he'll take that guy's place. Jinder chooses Finn. Well, that's not fair to Finn, is it? Match number 3, the Riot Squad but versus Bailey Natalia and question mark. Another fucking promo for Glass. Did they sponsor the entire fucking women's division? Nikki Cross is their partner. Oh, okay, but why? What sense does that make? Cole tells us that the newbies will appearing will be appearing on both Raw and SmackDown before they are assigned to a specific brand. Interesting. Bailey starts with Sarah, but the crowd wants Nikki, so Bailey tags in Nikki, and we begin. Nikki Cross is amazing. This is really just a showcase for Nikki to be crazy, and I am completely okay with that. Bailey gets the win with the elbow drop on Liv. Grade B. Why would you go through all of that and then have Bailey get the pin? Let Nikki get the pin. She wants to play. She wants to play, Nikki. Finn is walking backstage. He passes Carmen San Diego on his way to the ring. Nope. Sorry. I am Being told that that was Lacey Evans. Okay. Match number four, Jinder Mahal versus Finn Balor. I can only hope that this ends up being a squash. We come back for Dean Ambrose backstage talking about right versus wrong. They are really fucking me up with this WCW TV scheduling. Entrance, break, promo, second entrance, match. Very confusing. Anyway, Dean says it's wrong that they're making him defend his title in Memphis. Okay, for real this time, match number four, Jinder Mahal versus Finn Balor. Jinder attacks before the bell before Finn can even get his jacket off. Does Jinder not realize that if the match doesn't start, he can't actually defeat Finn for his shot in the Fatal 4 way? Finn is worse for wear, but he demands that the match begin. Mahal boots him in the face and covers him, and I'm worried that I'm going to get my wish, but on a cursed monkey's paw level, but thankfully Finn kicks out. I don't like how they're talking like Mahal's going to get a push to the title again. Coup de Grasse finishes off Mahal, thankfully, and Balor and his injured tummy remain in the fatal four-way later on tonight. Grade B. I don't know if this is giving Finn an out for losing later, but I don't know why this had to happen. Nobody actually likes Jinder Mahal, and nobody thought that he would win anyway. Leo Rush pretends to hold a cell phone in the locker room. Leo says it's time for Dean and Seth to suffer. Bobby Lashley is a fighter, and he is going to win tonight. Match number five, intercontinental title triple threat, Dean Ambrose versus Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins. Unsurprisingly, after the initial melee, Dean and Bobby team up on Seth for a while. This ends by the time we go to break. Then Rollins and Ambrose team up on Lashley. Leo saves the match by breaking up a pin that Rollins had on Ambrose. He pays for this dearly. Rollins hits a frog splash, Dean tries to steal the pin, but Bobby kicks out. Leo low bridges Rollins, Lashley spears Ambrose, and Bobby Lashley pins the champ to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Grade B. I guess it was okay. Bobby as champion does nothing for me other than the initial surprise of him winning, but I mean, Dean and Seth as champion didn't really seem to accomplish anything either i don't know backstage a pa has alexis coffee he knocks but no one answers so he enters and she's changing it's funny because she's half naked or something then a fucking special preview of glass negative fucking points unbreakable was fucking terrible anyways we come back from break and they mention the movie again fuck off Alexa reports that the first-ever WWE Women's Tag Champions will be crowned inside Elimination Chamber in Houston in five weeks' time. She then unveils the belts. I can I can get used to them, but they're not my favorite. Uh, Paul Heyman then interrupts her introduction of him to introduce himself, Dick. Heyman talks about the competitors in the Fatal 4-Way later, and then Otis Dozovich interrupts and makes noise. Apparently, he wants to fuck Alexa, but who doesn't, really? Tucker corrals his partner, and then, without warning, the bell rings, and Mike Rowe announces the fatal four-way. Okay, we then go immediately to commercial. What the fuck just happened? They make up for taking away my Balor entrance at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool by having him enter twice tonight. I'll allow it. I may even give it bonus points. Match number six, fatal four-way universal title contendership match. Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre versus John Cena. Balor wins by pinning Cena clean in the middle of the ring following a coup de grace. Grade B. I am happy that Finn won and that they made him look fucking huge. He also kicked out of a top rope AA earlier in the match with Baron trying to steal the pin from Cena, but with a loss at the Rumble all but guaranteed, I don't know how excited I can get about this. Cena gives Balor the final rub with a nice talk-up after the match. I'd like to give Balor a final rub. If the WWE is truly living their product and giving us new and different and actually listening to the fans, maybe they actually will pull the trigger and give Balor the title at the Rumble. However, the last five episodes of Raw do not give me much hope in that department whatsoever. Overall grade for Raw, C+. plus. We get Braun Strowman out of the Rumble thanks to the elbow injury. We add Finn Balor, but I've discussed that enough. We get stuck with Jinder Mahal to supposedly give Finn that extra rub, I guess, by winning the four-way while injured. Bobby Lashley wins the Intercontinental title for some reason. Nikki Cross makes her main roster debut. Well, she did have that match. You know what I mean. EC3, Heavy Machinery, and Lacey Evans make cameos. No sign of Lars Sullivan, though. Wonder what happened to him. He's lurking. Anyway, that's enough for Raw. Let's talk about SmackDown, shall we? We open SmackDown with the man arriving at the arena. Kayla asks her if she's ready for Asuka. As she walks into the arena, she walks past Heavy Machinery and the New Day making smoothies. It's weird. Becky tells them their smoothie game is weak, and she heads to the ring. Tonight, Ray versus Andrade, no last name given, and The Miz throws Shane a bestie birthday bash. Becky says everyone is trying to be her now, and they're all failing. People try to discredit her, but she always delivers. She reminds us that since last WrestleMania, Asuka is defeatable. No shit. This brings Asuka out. She screams something. Corey interprets, and out come the Iconics. They promise to win the Women's Royal Rumble and become the first-ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Becky challenges them to a match, and we go to break. Match number one, Becky Lynch versus Peyton Royce. Straightforward. Becky wins with the disarm her grade. B, solid stuff. Asuka screams at Becky in Japanese, presumably, and then the Iconics. She appears to have challenged Billy to a match. The referee must understand Japanese because he rings the bell. Match number two, Asuka versus Billy K. Didn't we do a very similar thing with the Iconics and Charlotte a few months ago? Asuka wins with the Asuka lock in maybe a minute and a half? Maybe? Grade C. There literally wasn't much here. The champ stares at the man until AJ Styles appears. Okay, he walks around the ring and up through the crowd to the concourse. Weird. AJ is at a hastily constructed fake concession stand. He screams at us, but we can't really hear him over the crowd. He starts throwing shirts to the crowd until Daniel Bryan busts through the fans and attacks him. He gets spine through hot dogs. Daniel Bryan, that is, not AJ Styles, which I thought was funny because he got mustard all over his pants. Meanwhile, the Usos are having a photo shoot. A PA presents Jimmy with a red box. This box has a rose with a note. Jay J reads the note. Surprise! It's from Mandy Rose. Get it? Because it was a rose. There's also a hotel room key. Elsewhere, Samoa Joe walks past EC3, who is checking himself out in a mirror. That actually happened. We then get a photo recap of Truth and Carmella's paid vacation to WWE headquarters. Hooray! Remember when everybody was saying that Truth and Carmela would win because they uh, would make a good comedy sketch out of it. Yeah, we got a photo recap. (sighs) <sighs> Kayla is with Zelina Vega and Andrade. No last and name given. Ray, who was his idol growing up, now he will beat him again. Zelina promises victory for Ray, for Andrade rather, in the Royal Rumble. They show us a bunch of tweets about how Andrade and Ray should fight on pay per view, which is why they're fighting tonight on television. Match number three: Samoa Joe versus Mustafa Ali. Joe attacks during Ali's entrance and just mauls the shit out of him. The match never starts. There's something humorous about. Mustafa Ali lying dead on the ground on the outside while the circle on his vest like the what's the thing called an Iron Man's the core whatever the fuck you know what I'm talking about just flashes in a rhythm very similar to a heartbeat it's funny it's funny to me backstage Sonia asks Mandy if she's sure she wants to go through with her plan Mandy is sure do we know why Mandy and Naomi are feuding yet do we Elsewhere, Nikki Cross creeps out Rey Mysterio. Backstage, Joe says his attack on Ali was a statement to the other 29 superstars in the Royal Rumble. I am perfectly okay with Joe winning. Match number three, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade. I'll get used to calling him just Andrade eventually, right? I don't even have notes for this because I couldn't pull myself away. Andrade wins via pinfall after some Zelina Vega interference. Grade A, there is nothing else you can say fan fucking tastic match please go watch it turns out jimmy actually went to the hotel but did they smash maybe we'll find out after the break no he's still in the hallway when we come back he knocks on the door despite having a key card he enters she's sitting in a chair in a black robe and i'm getting flashbacks of enzo rusev and lana she loses the robe she's wearing black lingerie and jason's dick has just exploded Jimmy puts the kibosh on the whole thing. Why didn't Jimmy just give Jay the key card and send him over? They're fucking twins, aren't they? Anyway, a photographer runs out, takes a bunch of pictures, and runs away. Like, they aren't currently being filmed for a television show. Also, the TV cameraman is going to be in the fucking pictures. Turns out we don't even have to worry about that logic train as Jimmy has brought Naomi with him. They fight in the hotel room. Mandy eventually throws Naomi over a chair and runs off. That was fucking stupid. Negative points. Time for a bestie birthday bash. Miz gives Shane sneakers and a tribute video. The happy birthday song from the crowd is interrupted by the bar. Shane makes a match between the Miz and Sheamus. Miz objects, but Shane has none of it. Match number four, Miz versus Sheamus. Miz pins Sheamus after Cesaro goes through cake. Grade... B. certainly was a match. Shane then coast-to-coasts a cake into Sheamus's face. And with that, we go off the air. A coast-to-cake. Off the... Okay. That, uh... That was your main event? How the fuck long did Miz... Uh, was Miz planning on that birthday celebration lasting if the bar hadn't appeared and Shane hadn't made that match? Or were they just planning on SmackDown going off the air fucking 12 minutes early? Overall grade for SmackDown B minus. Solid show if you haven't seen SmackDown, as I said before, find a fucking way to watch Andrade versus Rey Mysterio. Do it. Do it now. If you did watch SmackDown, watch that match again. You know why. Uh, overall grade for the week, A C plus. Slightly above average of the week as the only as the good only slightly outweighs the bad. Seriously, why does Mandy Rose hate Naomi? Why? Next week is the go home for the rumble, so be sure to listen up. I'm sure we'll have at least one ring filling schmoz next week. Uh, let me know what you think about the new Making the Grade NitroMania Pod on Twitter and at Gmail. Visit RundownWrestling dot for all the updates about the Rundown Wrestling Network, including the brand new Patreon show about Sunday Night Heat. It's called a Burning Sensation. Check it out. Uh, I will be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Grade. So until then, blurch.